This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Renegade Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Mike Andrews tonight. We are waiting for Matt to get home from work. Mike, how you doing this Sunday evening? I am doing great, man. I've had a fantastic day. Uh, the podcast is starting earlier than I thought, which means it might be my lucky night. I won't emphasize on that, but I'm having a wonderful day, man. Eight seven is here. You guys see us rocking the shirts, man, right? Shout out to Dwight Clark Day in the Bay. And uh, I'm ready to have some fun, man. I can't wait to talk 49ers. We got a lot to discuss. That's right, man. Happy Dwight Clark Day to everyone out there. I had to find my shirt. I'm like, I know I got one somewhere. Threw it in the wash, got it ready. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you're watching on Twitter, head over to youtube.com slash 49ers Hive. Join from there so we can see and interact with your comments. If you're commenting on Twitter, we're not ignoring you. We just cannot see you. While you're there, hit like, hit subscribe. We appreciate all of the support. Um, like I said, Matt will be joining us soon. With that all out of the way, had to get the mandatory out. Mike, one of the biggest storylines this offseason and going into training camp has been Brandon Ayuk's ascension. We're going to get right into it. We're not going to waste any time. Will Brandon Ayuk be the 49ers bona fide wide receiver one? this season this is how brandon Ayuk was at the presser this is this is this is what his hair looked like at the latest presser that's how i'm trying to do the Ayuk here uh no all jokes aside yes i have been saying that brandon Ayuk is going to be wide receiver one for the 49ers now here's the thing uh money does talk in the nfl i'm not paying debo all this money to be wide receiver two i'm not i'm not so uh it's gonna be really interesting ideally though in, in, in a fair society and, and like, you know, game planning and all that stuff, uh, when you include all that, I think teams focus on trying to stop George Kittle and Debo Samuel. So Ayuk is going to definitely have his opportunity to prove that I can be the guy, right? It's going to be, it's going to come by default. And if he fails, it will solely be on him. I do think the opportunities will be there for him. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, everything we've seen this offseason has spoken to Brandon Ayuk being the best player at 49ers training camp, camp excuse me, um, it seems like the defense is going out of their way to 
irritate, annoy, whatever you want to, however you want to call it, Brandon Ayuk, because they want to get that dog out of him and make him get to the next level. Um, he was, you know, recently, I don't know if it was a public, but it was in the media that him and Fred Warner kind of got into it. Um, and Fred Warner kind of said, I'm doing it on purpose. And I'm going to play the video where he was asked about it. Uh, this is courtesy of RSF Niners on Instagram. And here we go. Maybe jumpstart the offense and how much was maybe something that actually annoyed you on the field. What happened in practice the other day? Waiting on that one. Uh, just uh, middle of camp, middle of camp. Everybody's competitors out there. I'm tired of seeing them. I like playing with them because for a certain reason like that, we talk about it all the time. We, we got into an argument the other day about how if the offense played the defense, we would beat the brakes off them. So we talked, I mean, I think they felt that a little bit because um, they have to practice. We, they came with it. We came with it. Um, but it's just like, that's just how we play. When you talk, when you turn on the tape and you watch the Niners, um, nobody's backing down to anybody. So I feel like when we go against each other and people, people butt heads, that's what happens. I'm not backing down. He's not backing down. Um, but at the end of the day, that's my brother. When we go back in the locker room, that's my brother. When we leave, that's my brother. So it is what it is. We moved on. Um, but it got it got the pads going, you know. Kyle talked Kyle talked about uh us being back out there in pads again today. Just uh we need a little bit more, we need a little bit more. So I think we start to see the pads starting to wake up a little bit more and just the energy out there a little bit more. What are your thoughts on that, Mike? I think you're muted. I like it. I'm sorry. Uh, the passion is something that happens on the field. You know, if you've ever been part of any locker room at any stage, you get upset at things. You get upset at your teammates during practices. So uh, it spilled out. It went over. But like he said, when it's all said and done, we're brothers. We're brothers in the locker room. We're brothers off the field and everything. You know, so, um, you know, it was the middle of training camp. You know, that's when tempers are usually the highest. And then you end up settling back down and you get into your groove. It's funny because when I heard him say the thing about being the middle of training camp, Kyle spoke about how his offense works. And uh, he was like, no, defenses usually start hot. In the middle of it all, the offense starts to find a stride. And then afterwards, we'll see who's who and, and how things shape out. So uh, it's kind of like it's just the ebbs and flows of training camp. This is around the time when you're going to hear about it and see about it happening. So uh, I, I liked it, man. I, I don't think he said anything too crazy over there. I liked that he said if we're, you know, really going at it, the offense would beat the brakes off the defense. That kind of made me like, oh, okay. So he's extremely confident and enough of these BS reports that the, you know, 49ers teammates are concerned about Trey Lance and his struggles, which we'll get into a little later once Matt hops on here. But that's the perfect attitude attitude, excuse me, to have. And I think Brandon you kind of said it perfectly. This is practice. We're tired of going against the same people. It's an emotional sport. It's going to happen. Um, is there anything you wanted to add on the Brandon Ayuk situation, ascension, however you want to refer to it before we move on? Because so I got a topic I know you're going to love. He looked different standing there. Like in that clip, I don't know if it's his his physique. His shoulders looked like they didn't end. Like it looked like he had like – I used to watch Golden Girls, right? I still do. I'm not going to lie. But like they would have these like shoulder pads – in the in the you know blouses and all that they would wear like he looked like he had some like big 
and I know he wasn't still padded up because he looked thin, but it was the wide frame and everything, man. I don't know. I mean, he, he looks and feels different this year. The confidence is there. You, the, his demeanor at the podium, I'm really liking him, man. And I, like I said, I thought last year was going to be his year. I honestly did. The way he finished the previous season, uh, the season before that, um, I was like, yeah, this is going to be his year. He's going to be the guy this year. And then he, ends, he starts out in the doghouse. But Kyle's dropping subtle hints about Brandon and other players. Like, you know, we push them, we challenge them. Uh, and they don't woe is me. They they answer back. They put their head down. They study and they come up and they 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 respond. They answer more. Uh, Kyle talked about how he didn't talk to anybody. Brandon Ayuk was a person by himself. Um, I I I think I said it on the show where you know I heard from people around the organization that Jalen Hurd was kind of like a secluded player in the 49ers locker room and like they were like yeah this kid this kid ain't gonna make it here. He doesn't talk to anybody. He doesn't interact with anyone. Uh, Kyle was talking about that in his presser, and he was like, you know, when he spoke to Jed York, he just said, hey, Jed. And Jed's like, holy crap, like, he spoke to me today. Like, Brandon said hi to me. You know, he says he walks into my office now, and he just kind of stands there and then says, hey. And then I got to pick up the conversation. I don't really know where we're going, what's going what's to be said, but, you know, he, it, it steps in the right direction is the point of what it, what it was. And I think that's something that we should all be excited about concerning the development of our first round. This is a first-round talent. This is not just some, you know, fifth or sixth round guy that we fell in love with. This isn't Juwan Jennings. This isn't, you know, the undrafted Kendrick Bourne that we all fell in love with. This is a first round talent and talent plus attitude plus preparation and a great scheme usually equals success. I, I see all the pluses happening right now. I see them all adding up right now. Not to mention an offseason full of building chemistry with your brand new first round top five pick quarterback it has me giddy i feel like a child i'm so excited to see these this duo finally get out there debo samuel talked about you know oh my relationship with trey lance is getting better every day you know basically saying it's not quite there yet i can guarantee you brandon Ayuk doesn't feel the same way i can almost guarantee you brandon Ayuk feels like him and trey lance are like this because they both put in the work to become that tight and you really got to respect it because they have just understood what is needed from them going into this season. And in my opinion, they've met all the expectations as far as putting in the work moving forward. Um, with that said, we're all excited for Brandon Ayuk, but let's change topics into your favorite player, Bryant Young. Bryant Young became a Hall of Famer this week, and I, I know you're so excited to talk about this. I'm sure you caught his speech, and I know I'm not the only one who said I was balling at the end of it, right? Yeah, I I, uh, I won't say that I – I'm not going to say that I was balling, but I definitely, like, was fighting back tears, listening to him talk about Kobe uh, and, and what his family went through. And then his voice cracked at the very end of it, talking about how uh, 20, uh, 22 was his, his favorite number. You know, like – and it was like – it's all just like the stars in line, you know, like it's the year I get into the hall and everything. It was, and I'll be honest with you. Look, this is how excited I was to watch this, right? I can honestly tell you that I have never purposely watched the hall of fame speeches. This one, I had an alarm set for like, I stayed, I normally try to watch stuff in my living room. My kids are around and everything, you know, like, Oh, let's, let's see how much. No, no, no. Like bedroom time. Like, y'all go have the whole run of the house. I'm in my bedroom, like, glued to the television right now. Like, this is, this was, I was, like, 
so ecstatic and happy for you guys know like my favorite 49ers player that's right Hodge knows Hodges made me like keychains and shot glasses for my man like yeah um and he was so well spoken another thing that I I know you didn't ask me all this stuff I'm sorry so tell me to shut up it's absolutely okay please please I listened to him on uh different podcasts or you know episodes from the uh radio and everything he was talking about how I have so much to say in just eight minutes. I don't know if I'm going to do everyone justice in eight minutes. I love the way he exalted his wife, talked about the trials and tribulations, his family, you know, his in-laws, you know, they, he said, I can't thank my family individually. And they put the, the picture up behind him on the big screen. So you could see it. It was, it was freaking beautiful. And they just talked about all the different players and then how hating on him is what got him into the whole, like, all, I just, I just really, really enjoyed all of it. Every single second. Like I just, I sat around, I, I was clapping my hands during his speech and I, my wife is looking at me like, are you okay? And I'm like, I just, this is my guy. This is my guy. All right, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. It was no, good. no, no. Um, I appreciate it. Cause I know I was watching it thinking, I know Mike is so hyped to finally see him get in. And I think it hit a little close to home to me. My brother suffered from brain cancer, but he was 17, 18. So hearing him talk about his story about Colby and I'm, I'm going to play the clip just in case any of you guys missed it. I have the clip here and I'm going to play it. It's about two minutes. I know it's a little long, but I think it's worth it. So I'm going to pull it up right now and we can all watch it together. I've introduced five of our children. Now I'd like to let you meet Kobe. Born in August 2001, Kobe loved life. He had an infectious smile, many interests, including football. He was a happy kid. In fall 2014, when he was 13, Kobe started having headaches. A CAT scan revealed a brain tumor. Kai had just had knee surgery and deserved our full attention, but our focus and hers shifted to Kobe. Five days later, surgeons removed the tumor and told us it was cancer. Kobe was back at school eight days later. His spirits were good. He had the heart of a lion. My injuries seemed trivial. Norton radiation would weaken him. Doctors told Kobe to give up football. It absolutely broke his heart. He turned the page and focused on basketball. The treatments were hard. Kobe showed immense courage. He felt good for months. We really were hopeful. The following October, Kobe said, Dad, I have a headache. The cancer was back. Doctors tried immunotherapy, but it has spread too far too fast. Kobe sensed where things were heading and had questions. He didn't fear death as much as the process of dying. Would it be painful? Would he be remembered? We assured Kobe we keep his memory alive and continue speaking his name. On October 11, 2016, God called Kobe home. Kobe. You live on in our hearts. We will always speak your name. Whew, man, 
Yeah, it, it's making me tear up right now just watching it. There's something about a grown man cry that just really touches you, and especially about their kids. Uh, I don't have kids, but I can't even imagine having kids. So, no. so please, my, uh, my sister-in-law was telling me the other day about her son, who has been telling her for months he has headaches. So we were over. He was upstairs in bed. So she's got four kids like I do. And he's upstairs in bed. He just comes down to it and he's bawling. And he's like holding his head. And she's like, he's been doing this for a while now. And I asked her, like, because I, I knew this story already. I knew this story. I knew Trent Williams' story, right? Like you just, Trent Williams with the little bumps like that he had and thought it was, they were just like little, you know, cysts or whatever. But, you know, you hear about all these different things. And as like, I'm watching my nephew like bawling his eyes out. Now, they are kind of, I'm not going to say like mama's boys, but like they, they turn it up to get mom's extra affection. But the way he was crying, how like red he was around the eyes and everything. I'm like, you, have you had him like, have you had like a brain scan? Have you had any? She's like, no, we haven't. I'm like, please, please do. So I talked to her about this. This was about two weeks ago. So I watched his speech and I thought to myself like, damn, I wish I recorded it. But then I jumped on Twitter and that section of Kobe was there, like meet Kobe, right? So I sent that to her. I said, watch this as soon as possible. This is why I told you, I want you to get my nephew a scan done. And so she said, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get it done. She watched it. She was like, okay, I understand. Like I'm going to get it done. So it's just, I can't imagine going through that. And what he did with that, with that story was how he tied it to his injury, right? Everyone applauded him for the injury and then coming back in the, in the season that he had and so on and so forth. But he was talking about how, you know, like how his injuries seem like nothing when you look at what his son had to go through. And it was just, it was very, very touching. Um, and it's good, you know, every time you say Bryant Young's name, his middle name was Colby. So, you know, it's like, you, you got to put it all together. Like they, he says, we, we'll, we'll continue to say your name. You live on in this. And so that very, very beautiful. I hope to never, ever be in the position where I have to lay to rest one of my children or any more of my children. But, uh, you know, especially ones that I get to spend 16 years with, 17 years with, you know, like it's that's that's going to be hard. That would be hard. So it's extremely heartbreaking just to hear the story. And like I said, it hits a little close to home. I've never told the story on air, but I was 14, 13, 14. Um, we're going to take a little break from football real quick, just and we'll get back to it, I promise. But I was in uh, New York. Me and my two brothers were visiting some family in New York. And my middle brother was complaining about migraines, having trouble seeing. Um, we went to Niagara Falls. And he didn't want to go. He didn't want to get out of the car. His head was hurting that much. He stayed in the car when me, my brother, all my cousins went, took a boat, you know, down into Niagara Falls. And he stayed, which was weird. But we were like, you know, hey, maybe his head just hurts. Uh, we fly back. We, we fly back early. My brother's thrown up for about a week straight. Couldn't keep anything down. My mom kept taking him to the doctor. The doctor tells my mom he's on drugs. He's doing whatever. He's doing drugs. And my mom's like, he's not like. You know, maybe he smoked weed, but that doesn't cause someone to have these symptoms. And they kept telling her, no, he's on stuff. And finally, after about six, seven days straight of throwing up, projectile throwing up, my mom insisted they did a scan. They did a scan with about within about 10 minutes. There was about six, seven doctors in the room. And out of nowhere, they're like, uh, we got to transfer him right away. He's going into surgery, blah, blah, blah. He's got a tumor. And my mom was like, what? And within five minutes, he's in an ambulance being transferred a couple hours up north. 
it was hectic, extremely hectic. And uh, long story short, my mom and my brother lived in Oakland Kaiser pediatric unit for about a year. And luckily with chemo surgery, brain surgery, five hour surgery, he came out of it with a tube coming out of his head because they couldn't remove the tumor due to where it was, but they were able to drain it. They drained it. And then he did about six months of chemo and radiation and Hey, it's gone. He had kids. He was supposed to not be able to have kids. He's had, he has a beautiful daughter. So it's just, it's a wonderful story. And I, it breaks my heart for the, the families that aren't able to have that outcome because I know they, Dr. Dunn College basically told us it was a 50, 50 chance he lived or he didn't. And what, what made me cry and I'm still tearing up just that talking about it is when he says Colby wasn't afraid of dying, but the process of death. And a kid that young to to talk about that it just it's it's heartbreaking, man. It really is heartbreaking. Please take over because I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry I'm gonna if cry. I keep telling. Yeah, I'm, no, man, you're 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 100, you know. And I know that we're supposed to be talking football and all that stuff, but there's a real life aspect to it. And this is why football is so great, like getting these stories and things like that, and how it relates to us on a personal level, and, and you know, uh, just being able to learn from it, you know. Like I, the, the comment on here uh, from Melissa, good on you, Mike. Use that help to your nephew it's big to use your experience or knowledge to save family members right it's like i my sister-in-law said okay i'm gonna do it i don't i can't prove that she's going to i don't know if she's going to but sending that clip and like letting her hear how another man is saying it started with my son saying he had headaches you know like kids don't kids prefer to play you're in a house full of other kids and the fact that he was upstairs and just laying in bed and then came down crying like that was the biggest red flag in the world to me where with her, because she sees it happen with his other siblings, maybe they don't want to play with each other. Maybe he's kind of turning up for that or, you know, putting on for that. But when he had other family members over and he still didn't want to associate. And then that's how he came. It was like, it was just a major, major red flag. I'm like, you got to do something. So hopefully that does help. And, you know, if that helps save a life, you know, like Zach said, a 50, 50% chance is better than any percent chance when you don't go and get it diagnosed and get it, you know, properly assessed, diagnosed and then treated. So, you know, that that's all we can hope for. You know, we want to do the best for our kids and our and our relatives and our loved ones. So. Yeah. Rest yeah, in peace rest to Colby, um, Bryant Young. I'm so happy to see him finally get into the Hall of Fame. Like you said, Mike, he mentioned in the speech, 22 is his favorite young number. He always questioned why it was taking so long. And now it makes sense. He got in on his son's favorite number, 2022. Rest in peace to Colby. Bryant Young was the epitome of what it was to be a 49er. The guy came in, built like a freaking mutant. Like, if you were to make a person in a lab to become an all-pro defensive end, Hall of Famer, you would make Bryant Young. His stats are insane. His measurables are insane, I should say. And he finished with, I think, like 90 career sacks. 89 and a half per, per uh, Wikipedia. So I'm so happy he finally got in because for the longest time, I remember the last, you know, Super Bowl player was um, Bryant Young. Um, Melissa says that's the last one. He was the last player from the Super Bowl era on the 49ers roster when he retired. Yeah. Yep. You're absolutely right. And I just want to read this comment from Melissa. At this time, can we have a moment to shout out Joel? his fight against cancer and send him all the love prayers and healing vibes. Definitely. Joel will keep you in our prayers. Hope that battle is quick and you beat it very soon. Prayers for you. 
Is there anything else you want to touch on, on Bryant Young, Mike? He put the shades on him, man. I was going to come on your show with shades on tonight because he put the shades on his bust. And I was like, no one's going to get that. If no one, like, he's, I don't even think that uh, they left it on there. You know, like Dion put uh, yeah. Dion put the bandana on. He put shades on his. And I was like, oh, man, I want to do a show now, my next show with the sunglasses on in honor of him. But I was like, I, I won't do it because I didn't know if anyone was going to understand or, or, or get it. So I didn't do it at all. But I wanted to. The sunglasses are right there. I wanted to do it, but I didn't do it. So it's cool. Yeah. Um, fantastic player. Better man. Congratulations to Bryant Young, officially a Hall of Famer. I was watching that gold night, Jack, gold jacket night event. I can't imagine what his size is for that gold jacket. That thing's got to be like a 60 plus. I mean, that that man is huge. That man is huge. He's, he's got these long arms and they're like, his arms are still wide. His chest is wide as hell. And what's weird is like, he looks like he can still play right now. You know what I'm saying? He, look, he looks like he can still do it. So I absolutely love him, man. It, it was great. It was great watching him. Uh, I liked the announcement episode. You know, the, the family, like, had to, like, lie to him and trick him. Charles Haley is the one coming to the door. And it's like, you're in, man. This is it. This, you know, like, it, I, oh, man, what a journey. What a freaking journey, man. And did, did you hear about – I've been trying to find this video. There was a video comparing Bryant Young to Aaron Donald. But it was supposed to be a video hating on Bryant Young and then – on Twitter, they said this happened on Twitter, and then players that played against Bryant Young was like, "Oh no, you guys are crazy. This guy belongs in the Hall of Fame," and that's what got him. Other than his career and all that stuff, but that's what got him back on the minds of all the voters. Did you did you, did you, did I you hear about it? I didn't I, see the video. But did you hear about it? I saw a headline saying how Bryant Young's haters helped him get into the Hall of Fame. I didn't get a chance to read the article. Is that what actually happened? They were comparing him to Aaron Donald in a negative light. Yeah. Yeah. It was like meant to like big up Aaron Donald from my understanding. I haven't seen it. I, I haven't seen the video or anything like that. So that's what I wanted to ask if you had seen it. I couldn't find it on Twitter anywhere, but it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. That is awesome. Um, I'm just so happy he's finally in. Um, hopefully Roger Craig is next. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out of market team is never more than a short distance away specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, 
now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. While we're on this topic, I want to give a shout out to my pops because I finally put up the new pieces he got me. If you could see here, I had the Debo and Frank Gore stacked on top of each other. That's got a Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott. Um, I forget Charles Haley, Eddie DeBartolo, Eric Wright, Keena Turner. They're all on that. And then I also put up in the middle here, if I can get my arm right, right there, Eric Rathman. So those are all autographs. So shout out to my pops. And I moved the Debo and Frank Gore on the other side of Eric Rathman. So I, I was a little Tom late because Eric. I put them up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Tom, Tom, Tom. Okay. I was going to all right. I just, I wouldn't make sure. That's all. That's all. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Tom. Um, yeah. Finally got them up. So thank you, dad. I hope you see them. I'm sure you're watching right now. I got them up. If your dad gets bored and wants to dump anything, just let him know. Mike's around. Mike, Mike's always around. Don't worry. I got, I got back. you. I'll take it off his hands if he needs anything. All right. <laughs> all right. So with that all said, Bryant Young, congratulations yet again. Uh, there is so much going on, Mike, in 49ers world. There was a report today, and I'll play the video, that Jimmy Garoppolo – there's just no trade market for him. And it seems like the 49ers are poised to release him at this point. Would you agree with that assessment? I I don't know. I, I'm not saying I don't know. I'm saying I do not agree. No, I do not agree. Um, I do believe that there's a trade market for him. And I don't believe the Niners are willing to release him yet. All right. So that's that's really the biggest difference. in in my opinion, I think that it's more about timing for everything. If as soon as we cut him, that he'll be picked up. So don't cut him and make teams get desperate. Let teams look at their terrible, terrible um, quarterbacks in camp and say, damn, guys, if we want to get him here to learn this offense, it's we're going to have to make a trade for him soon. Like we can't just sit around and, and let him sit here. Um you release him at the very end of August. It's going to be too little, too late. Now it's going to take him three or four weeks to learn your system. And now you've done yourself a disservice. You're going to want to get him sooner than later. I would not be surprised if Jimmy Garoppolo is. I would not be surprised if he's traded in the next two weeks. Honestly. Okay. Um, we have Matt here, Matt, how you doing this evening? I'm tired, but I'm good. I'm here. Here, let's get going. All right. Um, where are you guys at? I, I hear some Jimmy Garoppolo trade talk stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to share uh, that clip from NFL Network, uh, and then I'll get your opinion on it real quick. Okay. If I can pull it up. Matt throwing down the waters, man. You had a long day in the sun? No, 12 hours in the hospital. Oh, okay. Got you. Okay. I got you. All right, here it is. Yeah, I got a little bit of intel. And the Jimmy Garoppolo trade situation is so fascinating, and it's actually multifaceted. First of all, there's the health. And when we saw him, look good throwing the ball in the rehab field, but not quite 100%. Still needs to build up the stamina in his arm before he can get fully and finally cleared. So I would say maybe a couple weeks away from that, but progressing well. Then there is, where is he going to get traded? And the 49ers have been very clear about saying that they plan to trade him. Obviously not going to be with the team this coming season. 
my understanding though right now is there is no clear trade partner for Jimmy Garoppolo. Look around the NFL. Think of who could take on that salary. Think of who needs a starting quarterback. There isn't any clear option. Maybe uh, one quarterback either doesn't develop like everyone thinks, or maybe there is an injury, then one might develop. But as of now, a little bit of a waiting game. So how long are the 49ers willing to wait? From my understanding, they're willing to wait all the way to cutdown day. And in fact, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for the 49ers to, let's say, move on from Jimmy Garoppolo now, because what if another quarterback gets hurt or what if there is some sort of need? It sounds like they're going to hold on to him as long as possible just to see if any trade market develops before eventually and likely moving on from him. All right, Matt, what's your take? Um, this is like a lot of what we've already been hearing. Pretty much the, the the only tidbit in there that I think is really interesting is when Ian Rappaport says that he's not quite a hundred percent and that he needs to build up that arm strength, which is, should be concerning because he didn't have much to begin with. So he's still working back. I mean, he's fine, you know, but it's, he's not, he's not a cannon arm quarterback. You're asking him to come back from a shoulder. I don't know. There's, I don't think that there's much of a market for him unless the suspension for Watson gets extended. I don't think there's much of a trade market for him. They're going to have to release him. They're going to have to release him. So again, if somebody had wanted him, if somebody thought so highly of him that he could help their team, they would have traded for him already. It's happened. I mean, the, the second Peyton Manning was released, Denver signed him up. And that was after his fourth neck surgery. The second he was available, everybody was bidding on him. Now, that's not to say Jimmy Garoppolo is Peyton Manning or anything, but if if a player is talented, it's there. There's a reason the 49ers keep bringing back Jason Verrett, even though he can't stay healthy. He stayed healthy two seasons his entire career. But when he's on the field, he makes such a difference, it's worth the risk. What's what's? It's not worth the risk with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what he is. He's coming off an injury. He's not that good. It is what it is. The last throw that everybody saw him make was that whirling dervish interception in the NFC Championship game. I just don't think there's a market for him. He would have been moved by now. That was a good throw, by the way. That was a good throw. I don't know. I have a hard time thinking a team like New York, the Giants, couldn't improve. Wait, wait, wait. He only he only got that throw, by the way, because Jalen Ramsey dropped a gimme. So... Yeah. It is insane how many throws he threw that we were just like, oh, my God. And then it was either incomplete or somehow miraculously a catch. His interception numbers should have been like twice of what they actually were. I was rewatching a couple of the playoff games over the past week, and that man has way too much confidence in his arm. I'll just say that. Mike, as Matt was talking, you were shaking your head no. And, it's, and before he came on, you said that – you don't think, or you think that there is still a trade market? Excuse me. Why do you think there is? I just think I think it's I think that Jimmy is just better than some starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and I also think that there are teams out there with postseason aspirations, right? And in weak divisions that they feel maybe you know if we had a guy that can come in here and our run game can take a step further, you know we could be all right. But I think they have to go through a certain amount of camp to see if they say, you know what, guys, this guy is really, really limited. You know, uh, Eric Crocker today tweeted out, 
uh, or last night, maybe. I don't remember exactly when it was. This throw from Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know if you guys saw this this pass. It was a video from Bucks practice, and it was arguably the worst throw I've ever seen for a professional in the NFL. And it's my guy, Kyle Trask. I was really, really high on this kid coming out because I just liked his efficiency. Uh, this kid was just Mr. Peyton Manning in college, right? Oh, yeah, this is it. This is it. It was such a poorly thrown ball that it literally slowed down in the air. I have I I watched that video over and over and I was like, who the hell tipped it? Like was the invisible man on the field? Like how did that happen, right? And so my point is, now that wasn't Tom Brady, but that was Kyle Trask. That was the back. Like teams think, hey, we got some potential with some guys, but they have to watch them these next couple of weeks to say, you know what? They're not there. These guys aren't we have to do something, and that's when they're going to say, all right, let's kick the tires on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think you got to wait and let some teams get desperate. And like also in Ian Rappaport's report, um, you, there's likely to be some significant injuries. It's a, Unfortunately, it's a part of the game. You know, Matt talked about why we bring back Jason Verrett because of the talent. Why doesn't Jason Verrett sign a long-term deal anywhere? Because of injuries. They, it's a part of the game, and so – you get, you're going to, if you just play the waiting game, play the numbers, play the odds, there'll be a market for Jimmy sooner rather than later. Uh, there will be a market when he's a free agent. There won't be a trade market because you have to carry that $24.5 If you trade for him, that's what you're saying. We're willing to do that contract or we're willing to extend you because that's the only way you get out of that contract. You either have to extend him or you have to, you know, wait for the 49. That, and that's why I don't think there's a trade market. Yeah, some teams might actually want him, but then you just wait out the 49ers because the 49ers are going to want to carry that into the season. They're going to release him when there's no market, and that's when teams are going to sign him. And they're not going to sign him for 24 and a half. They're going to sign him for 12 and a half. And that's going to make a lot more flexible option for that team to do it that way than give the 49ers capital to pay a quarterback who's a bridge quarterback $24.5 million for a rental or you have to commit to him beyond this year when he's coming off of a shoulder surgery. I just don't see a team doing that, particularly with the 2023 college class coming out, which looks to be significantly better than this past one, which was just absolutely dreadful. So teams are looking for a guy. Yeah, we'll take Jimmy for one year, but we're not going to pay that. And we know the 49ers don't want to pay that. They've made it clear that it's Trey Lance's team. They're not going to hedge by keeping Jimmy on the roster and having Trey look over his shoulder every day. And the fact of the matter is when Brian Greasy came out and said, yeah, I texted Jimmy, but I haven't really talked to him. That's a Kyle thing. Your quarterback coach hasn't talked to you at all. You're not here. You're not a part of the team. You're, you're dead man walking. That, that's what that tells me. Because the offense because is going to change a little change. bit. There's going to be new, new things to go into the offense, new wrinkles. And Jimmy is not a part of any of them. And we hear about how complicated Kyle's offense is. And now you're throwing in wrinkles that Jimmy doesn't do. And, and he's not in practice. You actually think they're going to keep him as backup. I hate to tell all you Jimmy stands. He's not going to stay here as a backup. If they don't get a trade market for him, they're going to release him. They're not going to carry over that cap that they can use. Backups, carry over cap. 
Backups don't usually get the new wrinkles. That's usually for starters, though. But it is a bit concerning that he's getting, well, not concerning. It's actually a relief. But getting absolutely no team reps, nothing with no the team, team at reps. all. He's throwing it to ball boys and equipment people. Yeah, it, it, it's clear that they don't want him around the team at all. Right. So he's clear. Like, I've, I've been of the, you know, look, we're under the cap. We're not in trouble. He would be the best backup in the NFL, right? I can, I still believe yeah. that, but this team doesn't even want their actions. Say they don't want him as a backup. And it's all. what I said. If you you can't in you can't have it both ways. And people try to do this all the time. Have 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 it both ways. But if you're committing to Trey 100, then by necessity that means getting Jimmy Garoppolo out of the building, because Trey Lance didn't beat Jimmy Garoppolo out for the job last year. And no matter what anybody says, no matter no matter what anybody says in any walk of life, if you're hired to replace somebody and they keep your replacement as your understudy, it's no. That's not how it works. If I get promoted over somebody, they're not going to keep that person to stay behind me. Like if I take somebody's job, that person's out of a job. They're not going to keep you there just in case I mess up. But you can, get how demoted, you can get demoted and still keep a job. But like, hey, not not in this department. You can't. No, that's true. You they, might. They hey, you might be able to stay. Like, he's going to stay in the NFL, but he ain't going to be in the 49ers department anymore. Right. But I do want to say that Jimmy is worth the 25 million based off of the new quarterback contracts we've seen in the last two or three seasons. He's middle of the pack now. That's not bad starters money. I just wanted to put that out there. Right. I mean, I'll put it this way: He ain't worth 24 and a half million to this team. And and that's a big part of it. And I don't think that it's I don't think that it's by accident that Jimmy has been doing these drills and shit out in front of the media. This is on purpose, and he's auditioning. So it's smart. It's smart. Yeah, it, it's smart on his part. But it further speaks to me that he's not going to be here one way or another. And if a trade, it, 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 if the, I don't think the trade's going to materialize at twenty four and a half. Not when. Well, not the, at this point. The trade. The trade will be with a premise of 24 and a half. And how many years do you want to work that over? Because none of it is guaranteed. So we can sign you for 24 and a half, but in three weeks, we see your trash. We can cut you and you get nothing else. So he's not going to want to take that deal because he, he would have only made three or $4 million this year. He's going to want to rework a deal with guaranteed money for the season, not week to week. I'm not sure but, how it works with a trade. We, I, we'd have to look at that because if the 49ers keep him past week one, they're beholden to that money right because of how long he's been here so it's like the almost like a fifth year option thing if he makes your week one roster then you're locked in for other teams it doesn't work that way but i did want to say another thing though you said it was smart for him to be out there in front of the national media it's smart on the niners part too because ian rapaport's report was he looked good making the throws on the sideline but like that's what people want to hear did he look good show me a video like can can you see it so that's I think that's also the important part. It's smart for him and it's smart for the Niners. I think and here's a key thing too. They're not allowing official footage because the people who are like what you are looking at with official footage, you're going to see the bird's eye view. You're going to be able to see what we see with these leaked videos. You don't see where the ball's going. You just see him rolling out and throwing it. You don't see where any of this ends up. So a team just passing by might just be like, oh, Jimmy's out there throwing. Okay, it looks good coming off his hand. Uh, you know, pretty good, pretty good for, you know, 
for Jimmy auditioning for a job. But I just, again, at the price point, because you're giving up capital when you, all you have to do, it, it's, it's a, it's a supply and demand game, right? You know, the 49ers don't want this guy there. They've made it clear. He's not in meetings. He's not a part of the team. They've committed to Trey Lance 100%. So what is your incentive to give the 49ers anything at all? You know, you're again, and it's not like there are 10 teams that actually need Jimmy Garoppolo's services. There's maybe two or three. So all you have to do, you don't have to bid the 24 and a half million. If he gets cut, you just have to bid higher than the next guy. And Don Yee will play those teams against each other to get higher money. But you're the, the baby gamble that you're hoping is that he doesn't cost quite as much. A team like the Browns would be interested much more so than a team like, even Seattle, who I feel is just re- really in a rebuilding situation now. They're not, I mean, if if Seattle's looking to get one of those 2023 quarterbacks into the building, you don't want a Jimmy Garoppolo because that takes you from winning two or three games to winning six or seven, and then you're not getting one of those guys. Same thing with Pittsburgh. I know they drafted Kenny Pickett, but you, the fact that they had Mason Rudolph out there last week taking first-team reps with their team speaks to a lot of what's going on in that building. With Mitchell Trubisky, with with Kenny Pickett, I don't think they feel confident. And that team, to me, is another team that's kind of in a weird semi-rebuild. What do you do after Roethlisberger isn't your quarterback for the first time in, in you know 19 years or whatever it is? You have to find your franchise guy it becomes really weird. So what happens there? I want to play a video that has been circulating Twitter that may just maybe reinforce my um, opinion that the Giants should make a trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo. This is uh, the lovely Daniel Jones. Look at this pass. That was a bullshit route. That's on the receiver. That's not on Jones. That's, look at how he turned. Who turns their hips like that? He turned inside out for a sideline route. That's a bullshit route by the wide receiver. And the DB was like, nah, fam. So what do you want him to do? Force it in there and throw a pick? I don't think that's a bad one. There's actually, if you want to show a bad one, there's another one that's even worse from that. That to me, I'm, I'm, I didn't think that was as big a deal as everybody made. It had you, video. had you seen that before, Matt? Yeah, I'd seen it before. Yeah, because I, I watched because somebody somebody posted it, and I was and and like it was um what was it the NFL Instagram like NFL IG or whatever they posted it with like this caption in emojis like making fun of them or whatever, and I'm like I'm looking at it and it goes and turns backwards to where he wanted to go. Like that, the economy of movement doesn't make sense in that direction. And then it looked like his right foot kind of slipped anyway. So the cut was bullshit. The DB was like, okay, I'm still here. You, that was a terrible route. And so what's Daniel Jones supposed to do? I think he saw it and it was one of those like one read routes and he just threw it away. Yeah, I was gonna, the only reason I asked if you saw it is because when I watched it, like as soon as Zach hit play, hits play, I'm like, oh, that's, that's terrible. I was watching Jones. And then where the ball ended up, I didn't watch the route. And then you were like immediately like, that's a bullshit route. And I watched the guy. I've never seen anyone turn this way to go that way. Like that was yeah. some crazy shit on a quick yeah. comeback. Like that's that was yeah. so like when you said it, I was like, holy shit, like Matt's a genius. Look at how quick he assessed that. Matt's but, right. Matt's yeah. right. I'm, I'll, I'll yeah. say that. Matt's right. I hadn't thought about that. I've only seen it 
shitting on Jones. There's a um, no, there's another one where he throws a pass over the middle, and I think it either gets picked off or deflected. And that one's just like a really bad one. I'll try that to one, find it's it. Off target, it's behind the guy or whatever. It doesn't look good. There is um a lot of talk coming out of this is total diversion, but a lot of talk coming out of Giants Twitter that Kenny Galladay has been a total waste for them, which I'm kind of surprised because if he could put up numbers in Detroit, you would think he would at least be able to hold With his Stafford own. throwing to him the ball. That is true. Key. That is true. But I don't know. It's unfortunate. I'll take Kenny Galladay if you want to send him our way. Um, so, all right, we're going to wrap up this Jimmy Garoppolo topic. It seems like we're going to disagree on whether or not there is a trade market or if teams are just going to wait I'll, until I'll he's... put it this way. I hope there's a trade market for him. I just don't think there is. Okay. I like that. I looked at his average uh, annual salary per year, and he is 15th in the NFL right now. I'm trying to compare it to just 2022 numbers, but I can't find that on SpotRack on what his – and I, I'm only doing that because it does make a difference. It make it makes a difference. I'm trying to find it by. Let me see if this is it really quick. Here we go. Yeah, see, he's tenth based off of his full value of the contract. But I wanted to look at the dollars for just 2022. Um, and my my point though is that he is worth it because it's about the 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 20 to 15 range is, was was my point. But I can't find it anywhere. So we can move on. I'm sorry. No, no, no problem. No, you're um, good. What I wanted to touch on before we move on, totally. Thanks for the super chat from 49ers Throwback. Jimmy Ward said, no love for the Rams. The rivalry, fire emoji. We're going to touch on this next. So I'm going to pause on this. I promise you we'll get back to it. Wrapping up the Jimmy Garoppolo saga topic, the good old Mike Florio suggested that the 49ers could have some competition within their own division and that the Rams could be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from this article and I'll get you guys opinion. He says, hey, as a- why did you put a flaming trash can on the screen? I don't understand what's happening right now. <laughs> Trust me. Let me just read it and then we'll get your opinion. Um, as the 49ers and quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo continue to wait for a starting quarterback to suffer a season ending injury. A team in the same division has an injury that could limit, if not prematurely, end his season. And so the question has emerged in recent days. Could Garoppolo end up with the Rams? The question has become more relevant as more information has emerged regarding starting quarterback Matthew Stafford's elbow, reportedly a case of, quote, bad tendonitis. It's a baseball issue, and the Rams seem to be flummoxed by the situation. It would be awkward, to say the least, for the 49ers to trade him to the Rams. The more likely scenario would entail the 49ers releasing Garoppolo before week one, making him a free agent who could sign with any team. Then the Rams could try to woo him as the insurance policy for Stafford. Would they do it? The alternative is John Wolford, so why wouldn't they? It's obvious the 49ers will indeed cut Garoppolo before week one, since if they don't, his $24.2 million base salary becomes fully guaranteed. The 49ers would prefer to be able to trade him, and Garoppolo would prefer to land with a team that desperately needs a quarterback. That way, he'd be a lot more likely to get something closer to what he's due to earn this year. But if there's no opening for a trade, the Rams could be a fit. The Seahawks could be too. It would be strange to say the least if a pair of division rivals end up in a tug of war for Garoppolo. Matt, what's your take? Florio making shit up. 
Um, I get where he's trying to go with this, but if it was me and there's, so there's a difference between Seattle getting Garoppolo because Seattle's roster is not good and giving Garoppolo on a silver platter to a desperate Rams team that has something wrong with Matt Stafford. If it was me and the contract was become, and I, I just thought about this on the fly and I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier, but if you want to still give Trey 100% of your, you know, backing or whatever, and you don't want to just let Garoppolo go to a team, um, then just use, I mean, Ian Rappaport gives you the whole thing, right? Garoppolo still has, you know, he's still working his way back. Just IR his ass for the entire year. Stick him on IR. You're not going to be in the building. You have no chance of playing. This is Trey's team. Sit out, collect your check. See you next time. We're not going to let you go to a Rams team that we're clawing at for the top of the division. We're going to hurt the Rams. Now, they won't do it because they're too classy to do that to Jimmy Garoppolo and steal a year of his career for nothing. They won't do it. If it was my petty ass, that's exactly what I'd do, though. Okay, I hear you. Mike, could Jimmy Garoppolo end up playing under Sean McVay? No. Um, I wouldn't mind if he went there, to be completely honest with you. But... Didn't, like, a video just come out yesterday of Matt Stafford doing some no-look throw in practice and, like, Sean McVay debunking this whole elbow tendonitis thing? He's, he said it was Even just- if he has it, he's going to be on a pitch count, and he'll go on Sundays. And haven't exactly. we learned enough from Stafford in Detroit that that dude can get, like, he could have a sword through the gut, and he's still going to try to play. One thing I'll never take away from Stafford, he's a tough son of a bitch, dude. He really yeah. is. Go ahead, yeah, Mike. No, no, I was going to say I agree. Yep. So I think we all agree this report is BS as far as the 49ers trading Jimmy to the Rams. If they try and woo him, like you said, at the end of the article, maybe. But I still think Jimmy's going to try to go to a place where he can compete for a starter. And Los Angeles is not that place. Um, moving on, I want to touch on what... 49ers throwback sent a super chat for Jimmy Reward said no love for the Rams, the rivalry. This is a fantastic rivalry. It seems like it's going to become the 49ers Seahawks of the early 2010s. Um, I have. Hey, Zach, I know you're a young guy, but the 49ers Seahawks was the Rams 49ers of the 80s. So get your shit straight. We're just getting back to normal now. Well, of course, I'm just referencing what it was. I know you were too. I know you weren't born yet. I know you're too young to have witnessed those early days, and it's up to my old ass to set you straight. But <laughs> I mean, it took a division change and all that stuff too. I mean, there's there's yeah, other... the Seahawks were AFC West back in the day. Yeah. So I'm going to play this clip. It's a little long. We don't have to play the whole thing. Uh, Jimmy Ward was basically asked about it on NFL Network, and I just wanted to share his thoughts. Pleased to be joined right now by 49ers DB Jimmy Ward. Jimmy, that defense looked pretty good out there today. Oh, yeah, man. You know, we're making plays, taking names. That is it that simple? Because I feel like you. I've seen you play nickel. I've seen you play corner. I've seen you play safety. I've seen you play in the box. Is it just you go places and then they kind of build it around you in the secondary? Uh, well, actually, we build it off uh, that defensive front we have. <laughs> you know, our defensive front is pretty good, and they make it make my job way easier. And uh, I guess I play uh, multiple spots uh, you know, over the past years, but I feel like the last four – Four years I've been just strictly at safety, but you know, they move me around sometimes and, and call different plays. I'm very curious your knuckle taping strategy here. 
How did that develop? And what, what's the, uh, besides holding the microphone really tightly, what does that uh, help you with? Uh, my joints. I dislocated some fingers. I broken some fingers and broke my hand a couple of times. So I don't know, maybe it's just, you know, to help my mental out. How long does it take, long does it take every day to get that? Cause it's very fine. It's, I'm impressed. It takes a lot of tape. I tell you that. <laughs> uh, Johnson & Johnson, shout out to y'all. y'all, y'all. Keep, me, keep my uh, joints together. But uh, it takes like five minutes. That ain't bad. I mean, you, you get a lot of time to come out here. Today's practice, um, I saw your, your coach, Corey, kind of bring the DBs together and talk about certain things. What is it like now? Obviously, you've been the leader of this defense, but having that leadership role kind of expanded a little bit more as guys aren't coming back. Uh, I feel I feel like I have the same role as last year, to be honest to you. Um, yeah, we, we, we replaced some guys and, and got some new faces in, but it's really the same thing. We got a lot of guys out there competing for spots, uh, and we got a lot of guys that came back. Lance, mm-hmm. every day in practice, all the focus is going to be on him. What do you see from him? Uh, he has a very strong arm and uh, playing. Uh, very strong arm, but also, you know, he know how to escape. He know how to move in the pocket, man. And, and I feel like that's that's hard for a defense to try to. Uh, are you are you really going to say six seconds with that pass rush you got in front? Awesome job today. Getting around the edge a couple times, had a couple sacks in team. What is it like seeing a young guy come in? Uh, we've been seeing it every day. Really? It, and it's it's been young guys. It's been guys that, that came from other teams. It's been. And these boys run to the ball. They're big. They're stout. They're hungry. You know, they're fighting for a job. Right. Jimmy, you guys were so close a year ago, and then you got to watch your rivals go and win the Super Bowl. How, how did that impact just through the offseason here, just kind of the mentality of the team, knowing how close you were and now trying to come back, finish the job in 22? No, it was hard. It was heartbreaking. Uh, at, the, at the end of the day, you know, they figured it out, and they were the, they was the better team that day, and they won. But uh, other than that, I'm, I'm ready to play them. I don't got no love for him. You want him? Oh my God! No, just, really I, I was gonna him. bring that question up, but I, it's already. I need to say it. No love. No, nah, no. Nah. The only reason I said that, you know, I don't really, you know, think about. You know, I keep everything on the field, but I just remember when, when we, we won both of those games last year. Like, you know, I was looking at some of the main players. I wanted to go and shake their hands and all that, but they walk off the field. But when you finally win a game, you want, you want to shake our hands. All right, I got something for you. All right. And and Tom will end it with that. I, it's a good. I want to be the first to say, bitch move, not shaking the 49ers' hands, bitch move. Like Jimmy Ward said, you win one out of seven, and you can't be the sportsman and shake hands. That's a bitch move. Matt, what's your take? I This is rivalry that we're talking about. I mean, and this is almost like a response because Aaron Donald did this shit last week where he said the same thing. So uh, this is going to be a hard two games that they're going to play against each other, and it's going to get ugly. But, you know, I the, the whole shaking hands thing, I don't, I didn't see it. So it, it is what it is. Like, you can let that go. But I will say this. Jimmy Ward is a funny motherfucker. Shout-outs to Johnson & Johnson. That shit got me, dude. I was like, damn. Um, it's a rivalry. This is a real rivalry. Um. You know, for as much as like we talk about, oh, we hate the Seahawks. I mean, let's be real. The Seahawks bitch slapped us around a lot. I don't think that was much of a rivalry during that time. They caught us at a downtime. These are two teams. I mean, NFC championship game. Um, before that, you know, it was, you know, the, the 49ers were in the Super Bowl. And then the year before that, the, you know, the Rams were in a Super Bowl. Like these are teams in the last like four or five years that have been like when they've been healthy, they've been there. 
And that makes the football more exciting. And the fact that the players are invested in the rivalry makes it even more exciting because, you know, they're going to get after it every time. I think I think that was well said. You know, it, it's pretty funny, though. Um, I remember distinctly Richard Sherman trying to shake Michael Crabtree's hand and Crabtree slapping it away in the end zone in the NFC Championship game. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not here to shake your hand. Like, no, y'all just won. Get out of my face. Now, the winners seem to always want to shake hands. Like Matt said, the Seahawks just had our number. We, we can't pretend like that was a rivalry. We got smoked by the Seahawks. I mean, we were lucky to split with them in a year, right? Uh, the 49ers, Rams thing, we've owned the Rams. Like, our, our fan base is all, oh, no, it's, I remember heading into that NFC Championship game. I had never seen fans so confident before in my entire life. And I just didn't get, I'm like, did you guys watch the last two weeks of football before? I understand one of them was in the snow, but like, come on. Like, we were playing the Cowboys, like, and there was no weather problems and it was not good. It wasn't pretty. Like, so I just, I didn't understand the confidence, but I understand the confidence because we had cooked them so many times. I think for it to be a rivalry, you have to go back and forth. I'm going to pat myself on the back for saying that word twice already without messing up the that word. And I'm going to try to say it brewery, brewery. Matt can say it. I know he can. The brewery brewery yeah i can't those two words i I can't do it but i went to one the other day and i was like i'm going to the place that they make beers (laughs) but uh you know it's hard to call it a rivalry because if you want to sound fancy when you're going to a brewery if you don't want to say it just say i'm going to a tasting room a tape that's it from now on boom that's it it. that is it a tasting room but yeah it's, it's hard to call it that because we've dominated them so much the last three three seasons uh they got the one win so i do understand jimmy garoppolo's oh now y'all want to shake hands like no get out of here keep that same energy but they just won now they do want to be sportsmen and they were hot they were heavy favorites both times we played them last year they were heavy favorites both times and they lost to what they felt was an inferior team no i don't want to shake your hand i'm mad that we did da 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 it's not so much that you beat us it's that we were ideally the better team and we lost and so i again i played sports i know what it's like to know i'm better than what we just went against now i'm mad at myself i don't want to shake your hand like no i don't want to shake your hand so but it is a bitch move because we're professionals guys. It did, we're, it, we're and professionals. i do want to say it did trend though if you watch the way lassie like the year before with injuries and all that stuff and we beat the rams twice still like that's that's one thing right but then when we played them first last season, it was 31-10 at our house. But then we needed like, and, and I was at the game, we needed miracle and a lot of shit to go our way to come back and even make the playoffs. And that was a three-point dub in overtime. And then you ask the 49ers after two tough-fought playoff games where they underperformed, and then coming off of a snow game and the emotional high of beating the Packers in Lambeau, and you're asking them to beat the Rams for a third time. And I said this before the preview. I'm worried about this game because it's exceedingly hard to beat a team three times in a season. And it just happened to go the other way. It very easily could have been a 49ers game. You know, there were a lot of things in that second game in week 18 that went the 49ers way. You know, an errant pass here, uh, you know, a, a fumble there, whatever, that allowed the 49ers to come back. 
there were things that went the Rams way. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo went cold. Uh, Jaquaski Tart dropped that interception. You know, that it's there's a lot of things. On the other token, I said it earlier, you know, that Jimmy Garoppolo only got a chance to throw that last throw of the game because Jalen Ramsey missed one. That should have been taken to the house, you know. That one should have been taken to the house. And then there was another one on the sideline that Ramsey could have easily picked too. So there was a lot there, it, you know, it's just, it's a game of inches. And, you know, I think that last season more than the previous couple seasons where it was, Oh, four and Shanahan against McVay or whatever with Goff as the quarterback. I think this last season was a little bit of a turnaround because you saw the 49ers come out and beat the brakes off of them. And then they barely won. And then they barely lost. And that's where I determine where the rivalry is. Does it ebb and flow? And I thought last year more so than others had a little ebb and flow. It reminds me of the Bengals game where it was either the last drive of regulation or the the drive in overtime. I forget which, but Jimmy Garoppolo threw an interception straight to Jesse Bates and Jesse Bates dropped it. And there were, like I said earlier, so many of these passes where the 49ers simply got lucky. There's no other way to put it. If Jesse Bates holds on to that ball, that's a pick six. If Jalen Ramsey holds on to that ball, that's a pick six. These games end differently than they did. And I, I, the Rams game, I think still Jimmy Garoppolo gets a good amount of the blame by the fans, and rightfully so. But imagine if that ended in a pick six. We would all be sitting here saying, get this fool off our fucking team. There's no way any 49ers fans would be sitting here. And it ended pretty ugly for Jimmy, too. That spin around interception was as probably as humiliating as an ending as a 49ers quarterback, any quarterback should suffer through. So with that said... The 49ers and Rams rivalry has been, like Matt said, it did ebb and flow a little bit, but the 49ers won six straight, so it's hard to really call it a rivalry. Maybe it developed into one at the end of the year because the 40, the Rams should have won that week, what, week 18 game, but they didn't. The 49ers somehow came back. The 49ers should have won the championship game, but they didn't. So maybe that now has developed into a rivalry. Um I'm excited to see where this goes. I really am. Mike, go ahead. I'll, I just want to say real quick, I know this has developed into a rivalry because now we're hearing the players talk about it being a rivalry. Last year, they were pretty complimentary to each other during the season. Now, it's not that. Now, it's not that. Now, it's like no love for these fools. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, 49 Starback Super Chat says, like Matt said, nobody's scared of Jimmy Garoppolo. That's And to, to further that point, would any 49ers fan be terrified of him getting traded into the division? No. No, but I think here's the thing with Jimmy, though. And, you know, a lot of – I hate this argument from Jimmy stands or whatever that always say, what was, what was Kyle's record without Jimmy Garoppolo? They sucked. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo is a lot better than Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, okay? But the gap between – CJ Beathard, Nick Mullins, and Jimmy Garoppolo is very similar to the gap between Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, if not more so. So they might not be scared of Jimmy Garoppolo, but when you surround Jimmy Garoppolo with a lot of talent, he's competent enough that he's not always going to fuck up. And a good team can overcome some of the mistakes that he makes to win games. And that's why... Trey Lance having this big upside is exciting to me because I know for a fact he's going to make a lot of mistakes this year. He's going to throw some picks. He's going to fumble the ball. 
But if he hits that higher upside and develops and grows, he's somebody you're scared of because he's got the stronger arm. He can push the ball down the field. He can escape the pocket with his legs. That's the potential, and that's why it's exciting. Nobody's scared of Jimmy Garoppolo because we've seen him for eight years now. He's exactly what he is, and he's never going to change. I think what it comes down to is it's the number four or five. I don't remember which one it is, uh, and this isn't something I've heard someone say, but I was I was doing this project early in the offseason, looking at games where Jimmy Garoppolo converted four or five third downs in the game, right? We get plenty of first downs, but a lot of them come on first or second down. Like the team just does big plays over and over, right? But the third down conversions, no matter how good of a game we had, you go back and pull the stats for that game that we put up 31 against the Rams and look at the third down conversions. There were only like seven attempts and we were like four of seven or something like it was, it wasn't a lot. Right. I'm, so I'm don't quote me on those numbers, but it wasn't a lot, but it was like, we were so dominant in that game. How, how is that possible that those are all the third downs we converted? Right. And so what happens is Jimmy Garoppolo, that's where the difference was between him and Nick Mullins, right? A big third down play. You got a 50, 50 chance that Jimmy will, even if it's third and 15, right. For some reason, he would find those guys over the middle of the field, 12, 15 yards down, right at the sticks, Perfect throw, perfect timing, like in a tight window, and boom. But ask him to be that guy all the time, and you just couldn't do it. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think the talent difference is significant between him and Mullins and Bethard, especially between him and Bethard. But it was something about the mechanics up, upstairs on on the crucial downs is where you know Jimmy was able to thrive. So that's that's what I think the biggest difference is. Honestly, it sounds like it's a minute thing, but. If you can't get it done on first or second down where the Niners really do it, third down, we need you to do it 50% of the time for us, and we can win some, a lot of games. That's what I'm looking for for Trey Lance this year. I know that sounds crazy, right? We're talking about the running ability and all that shit. Third down conversions, honestly, are the biggest thing I want to see from Trey Lance this year. That's all. My, you know, my argument's a little different, though. Like, I see it as nobody was scared of Jim. And the thing that costs the 49ers in the playoffs is everybody started playing the run tighter. And that's why the 49ers don't have a lot of third down conversions because the run is so effective on first and second down. It allows you to get some play action passing with Jimmy Garoppolo. You get, you know, you get him into a comfort zone and a rhythm. And then those rare third downs you need, he's either going to hit it or he's going to take a sack. Cause I saw Jimmy take a ton of sacks on third down too. Um, 2019, he got, he had a little bit more explosiveness because the difference was in 2021 last year, Jimmy had the shoulder and he had the thumb. And so even less so other teams are like, I'm scared of Jimmy to beat us throwing the ball because you know, he's going in with injuries to his throwing arm thumb. They didn't know so much about the shoulder. They said it was a minor thing. He wasn't even going to need whatever on it, but it was still on the injury report, the shoulder. And you were worried about the thumb and gripping the ball. So already you're at a deficit for a quarterback that didn't need any of that on his side, right? He needs all the confidence that you can give him. And so what happened against the Rams? 49ers couldn't run for shit. And that very severely limited how their offense produced because it's let's dare Jimmy to beat us and get him to obvious throwing downs where we can pin our ears back, go after him, and we know he has to throw, and we we know that he doesn't have the ability to carry this team throwing the ball. Christopher Johnson has a good good comment here. He says, Kyle's record without Jimmy says more of his ability to win games with average quarterback play in his system than anything else. Mullins and Beathard aren't average. No, well, they so- are the definition of 
fringe NFL. Nick Mullins, I would expect like if if you know Nick Mullins, I almost expected to be like a draft pick in the XFL. To be honest, Forty Nine Star back or the AFL says, "Hey Zach, get this up for Matt, please." Hey Matt, you know Jimmy's favorite throw are linebackers, especially Bobby Wagner, who he can never see apparently, who stayed in the division with the Rams. Um, all right, so enough of the Jimmy Garoppolo Forty Nine Rams talk. It seems like. There's a lot of noise coming out of camp from reporters, from media, Colin Coward and specifically, who's just extremely salty that Trey Lance dumped his daughter, that the 49ers maybe are a little hesitant to fully commit to Trey Lance because of his interceptions, his struggles in camp. All of these negative reports coming out of Trey Lance. Are either of you guys concerned? Mike, I'll start with you. Should I start with Matt? I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. My wife is giving me uh, headache pills. What was the question? No, no, no. You're uh, good. No, no, you're My good. question My is, question is, is there any is reason there any to be reason? concerned regarding any of the negative reports surrounding Trey Lance's struggles in training camp? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think you could be concerned. I'm worried and concerned, or I think, are two slightly different things, right? Um, you can be concerned about plenty of things, right? Like, why are his completion numbers so low and all that, right? So the the, the reports... And stats are a little bit misleading. They're not accounting all the drops and things like that. Um, and if you follow the right people, they'll tell you it was an incomplete, but the receiver ran the wrong route or there seemed to be some disconnector. But the things that I'm concerned with from camp are the throws that he's missing deep. I keep hearing a lot of like significantly deep overthrows of players. And I'm wondering if that's, if it's tight coverage and that's his way of throwing it away. I've seen players throw the ball away in the field of play just over everyone's head because you don't want an intentional grounding because you're still in the pocket and things like that. So I really want to know the context. And unfortunately, if you're not there to see it in person, you'll never fully grasp the, the Oh, no, I got the concept. I, I, I got the context for you right here. So it was a lot. So there, the wide receivers are running Jimmy Garoppolo deep ball speed. They just ain't running fast enough. <laughs> I can see that happening too. I'm not going to lie to you. I can see that. No, happening. I get what you're saying, but here's the thing. It's camp, dude. This is the point where like a lot of these guys coming out and saying, Oh, Jimmy threw this many passes. He was, he was, or uh, Trey was three for 12 or whatever. And it's like, well, half of those reps probably ended because it was a sack or it's like off schedule or it's this or it's that, right? You can't, tackle the quarterback so if somebody walks by and goes sack or whatever trey's obviously going to try to force the ball or make a throw or whatever right you have debo samuel coming in uh, not in football shape by all accounts right not running very hard you got Jawan jennings who seems to have a drop per report like every day Ayuk's the guy that's balling George Kittle's barely playing because he's a vet and he's, you know, eight, 29 years old or whatever. So they're not going to run him out there. And yet you're facing Danny Gray and, and, you know, Jawan Jennings and Ray Ray McLeod, and you're putting up against arguably a top five defense. Yeah, man, there's going to be some struggles. And this isn't real, like running the ball, right? Like you're not cr- crushing each other in practice, right? So there's no threat of there's no real threat of running, right? Everything's like two hand touch. Everything's this and this and that. 
I think that that really skews the numbers towards the defense. And here's the other thing. Did anybody expect Trey Lance to just be like amazing right off the bat? Or, or are there people that still think that he's like complete garbage? John Lynch came out and there was an article on the athletic today saying that he's been everything we thought he would be and more. Uh, there's no truth to that. They're concerned about him or whatever. They know that he's going to have growing pains. He has one season of starting QB under his belt from North Dakota state. You're asking a lot of this kid. And if you don't think that there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road, a lot of peaks to go along with a lot of valleys as well, you're not paying attention. I think that the truth lies somewhere in between that he's probably playing better than you, than the numbers suggest on his bad days and maybe not quite as good as his numbers suggest on his good days. I just want to say real quick, I do not want to hear a single word from the people who have been continuously bashing Trey Lance for the past six months when they continuously supported and defended Jimmy Garoppolo, a notoriously bad practice and training camp player who threw five interceptions straight in a row. You cannot now come back when Trey Lance is first entering his first training camp as a starter and tell me that there is reason to be concerned with his lack of accuracy or interceptions when you just defended Jimmy Garoppolo as a four, five, six year, seven, eight year vet who did worse. So I'm so tired of seeing it on social media because there's so much of it. I really do not understand where it's coming from. I think some fans would prefer to see the 49ers and Trey Lance fail. Then that's exactly Garoppolo. what it is. That's exactly what it is, right? Just that's because exactly they're Jimmy Garoppolo stands. It's, All my favorite players are not on the team anymore, so I just don't I don't want them to do good. It's disgusting. Right, go be go be a bitch in a corner then. Yeah. Go be a bitch in a corner. I think I think to the to the the topic going across the bottom here is like you it, it seems like if you say anything negative, like I am concerned, then people take it as you're against Trey. No, there's nothing wrong with me having a concern. And still being like, this kid's going to kick ass or I believe in him or whatever. Like, especially if your concern comes with the proper context. I don't know what they're doing. Like Matt said, they're not really running the ball. Our run game is going to be a beast. Every time I hear about a pad of practice, it's the run game was this. Ty Davis Price did this. Elijah Mitchell is really that guy. You hear about how good these running backs are. And then there's this Mason kid that just came out of nowhere, right? As soon as those three players got the pads on, they were like, holy crap. And even this past practice, we heard about Jeff Wilson shaking the shit out of a, a safety in the secondary, right? It's like these running backs couldn't wait to get the pads on. And that's why a guy like Brandon Ayuk can go to the microphone and the podium with such confidence to say, if it was our offense versus the defense, we'd kick their ass. Like, that's, that's why he can say things like that. Like, we are doing controlled situations right now we're, we're not playing 100 and if we were allowed to go hard on you guys we'd rock your shit like i like that confidence coming from him and that's why the context is absolutely important and i can right. still be concerned about trey lance because he hasn't played in two years because he only played in one year in college because he just turned 22 like i can be concerned and still have confidence in my team. Like it, 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 I feel like maybe concern is the wrong word. I think maybe like I'm 
curious, right? Like I'm curious to see how he's going to do. I'm curious to see if he addresses these things because I think it's just, it's just too early to be concerned when given all the context, it's like, this is nobody's going harder than 70% right now. You know, you don't think that Kyle is going to dial up. Kyle dials up wide open shit all the time, but now you're asking like in, in a camp where there's again, they're not even at the first preseason game. They haven't done a ton of install into the offense. They're just running blanket concepts and they're going to dial it in as they go. And the defense just has to sit there and see shit that they've seen for the last four years. So of course it's going to take time, man. It's really, really, it's just such a shit show to be honest with you. Um, The social media regarding surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. I've never seen anything like it. it. It really is a shit show. There's a lack of, for a lack of better return. Um, I, I just feel like the 49ers have such a good defense that you're expecting Trey Lance to come out and immediately come up and stack up against the best of the best. And that's asking so much of a young quarterback who, like Matt just said, only played one year in a small school. There are going to be growing pains. That doesn't mean that Trey Lance will not be good. It means it's just going to take a little extra time. And I don't understand what the problem is with that because the 49ers, if Trey Lance reaches his potential that the coaches and the fans expect him to reach, everything will be gravy in a year. So let's just let him get there without bashing him consistently and repeatedly for no reason because we're all fans of the team. We're not fans of one player or fans of the team. And if Trey Lance succeeds, the 49ers succeed. Exactly. And and let's not pretend like he's not going to get week one against the Chicago Bears after going against this this 49 a depleted Chicago Bears, by the way, who have one of the worst rosters in the NFL, right? That he's not going to get to week one after going against this defense day in, day out in camp and go, wait, that's it? Okay, I get it. Right? The whole iron sharpens iron thing. You make it hard in camp so that way when he gets to the game, again, if you you always practice like the game should be easy, right? Practice is where you're grinding and going through the struggle and getting all this shit down. The game is what's easy. You've done all the work and he's prepping, you know, he, he stays behind. He gets snaps from, you know, Daniel Brunskill or this guy or that guy. He stays behind. Um, I saw the other day that he was working on deep balls with Debo Samuel after practice. Like he's doing all the right things. So for me, I'm curious to see, how he goes through this, but I, I have no concerns. Like the kid is made up the right way. 100%. Mike, is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap things up? That's going to do it on this show. If, if there's nothing else, go ahead. Dumb. I just wanted to say, go Spencer Burford. I'm cheering for the guy from the small school. Sounds like he's kicking, kicking ass in there along with Aaron Banks, who would have thought our guard positions would be. The I heard Poe was doing some shit too. Let's go. That's the more the merrier. Let's go out there and get it. That's all I got for you guys, man. Thanks. For I got I got out. one question. Um, I think we can do like I think we can do a preview show later in the week. But how much time? Just real quick, how much time do you? I think Trey Lance gets at least a quarter against the Packers on Friday. How much time do you think he gets? Two drives. That's it. I'm going to say six drives, but I don't know because how how much of that is a quarter? I think it's less than a yeah. quarter. Well, okay. I think one. I think going. If it was a bigger name, I think he'd do less. But because he needs the reps, I think he absolutely is going to do a quarter. Particularly because there's only three preseason games now. 
I'm excited, man. And I agree, Matt. We will definitely get a preview show out. Football is back. I cannot be any more excited, even though it's the first preseason game. That just means every Sunday from here on out, there will be football on my TV. I'm excited. I saw the Hall of Fame game had something like 5 million viewers just further supports 5.4 million further supports that the NFL is king. I read that that was more than the NBA conference finals, more than the NHL Stanley cup. There's nothing like the NFL, no matter how great another sport is, there's nothing like pro football. So I'm so excited, man. We will bring a preview show later in the week. We'll tweet out the details. We'll get them out there for you guys. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on before we wrap things up? I know it's a little late the Sunday night. Both of you guys are shaking your head no. With that said, let's get into our sponsors. We have a brand new sponsor that I'm so excited to thank, which is Sports Illustrated. They sent me this fantastic book, Sports Illustrated, the San Francisco 49ers at 75. It is a fantastic book filled with articles, pictures of the 49ers through 75 years of history. It's got so much in here, and you guys can now save 30% using the link in the bio. Matt, Mike Sharon, his Dwight Clark shirt. We both got them on today. It's Dwight Clark and Day. He's on the cover of that Sports Illustrated book, too. That's why. Exactly. It's so perfect. So, By the way, shout-outs to the late, great Vin Scully, who called that the catch as well. He passed away. Shout-outs to a legend. Thank you, Matt. I'm so, yeah, I didn't want to forget that. Thank you. Shout out to Vince Scully, called the, the catch one of the you know most important games in NFL history. It's in the Hall of Fame. And it was his Forever last NFL football call. He never called another NFL game after that. Yeah. He said, I'm going to go out on that because it doesn't get any better. I don't blame him. So like I said, guys, you could save 30%. Click the link in the description. Use code 49ers30 off of your copy of Sports Illustrated, the San Francisco 49ers at 75 Thank you to Sports Illustrated for uh, excuse me, reaching out and supporting the channel. We really appreciate it. Um, next, we have to thank Acre Gold. Matt calls it our gold stamp. You can now buy gold for as little as $50 a month. Once you reach the market price of two and a half grams, Acre Gold will send you a gold bar. Matt calls it a stamp because it's a little small. It's two and a half grams. With inflation the way it is, I know it's cooling down a little bit, but it's still ridiculously high over the past couple of years. Put your money in something that will hold your earnings like gold. Click the link in the description. Start buying gold for as little as $50 a month. Shout out to Acre Gold for, for sponsoring the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. All right, guys. With that, we're going to wrap things up. Mike, what's up? I'm so, so sorry, but I have one more thing to say. You guys all know Brian Young is my favorite guy. We talked about that at the start of the show and everything. My guy, Steve went out and saw the Bryant Young 2022 Hall of Fame shirt. He tagged me in a post on Twitter. Then he surprised me and was like, I need your address. I got you, bro. So shout out to Steve. Man, did me a solid, super, super solid. And then I'm like, yo, let me pay you for it. He said, Mike, just pay it forward to someone else. So I'm looking to bless someone else, man. I am happy. I am stoked. I, I can't wait to get this shirt. You guys know what it means to me. So that's it. I wanted to say thank you to Steve really quick. That's all. I'm sorry. I'm going to take credit from that because I told Steve to go back. I didn't think he would. He was already eating pizza. He turned around and went back to the 49ers team store to get you that shirt. So shout out, Steve. What's up, Matt? Also, are all three of us going to a game together this this year? I feel like, ah, 
We will. I, I'm thinking. What are we thinking, guys? Maybe a little. Maybe a little cocktail party the night before. Maybe a little meet and greet with some fans. Can, can we do something on camera for the YouTube channel? What's up? Ah, let's, let's go. 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 A preview show in person. We a uh, hey, we absolutely have to do a preview show in person. Hey, Zach, how many people can fit in that room? Three for sure. All right, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Um. Yeah, absolutely. I'm stoked. That'll be uh, the December 11th game against uh, Tampa Bay. Man, I'm excited. I cannot wait. Uh, 49ers throwback reminded me, we got a shout out to Yo and our 81 Vino sponsor. 81vino.com, promo code 49ers Hive. You will save 10% off your purchase and get free shipping on two more bottles. Terrell Owens, 49ers football great. He has now ventured into the wine business with 81 Vino. Click the link in the description or go to 81vino.com. Promo code 49ershive, 10% off. Did you guys see the Terrell Owens interaction with the woman who called the cops? That was wild. That was that wild. Was the craziest stuff I've ever. He was like, I can't believe this is happening. I'm sorry. Oh, I missed I, it. I know we're trying to wrap up. We're trying to go, but that no, is. No, no, no. It's fine. Crazy. Hey, link me, that shit in the, link me that shit in the group chat. I'll go watch that. I'll send it to you. It, it was wild. It really was. Um, all right. Yeah. Brandon, yes, you can come if you're here. Everyone that we can get in person, let's do it. Dude, um, what was that? Uh, what was that? What was that place we went to last time? We should go back there. That place was lit. What was it? San, San Pedro Market Square Bar or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That place was sick, dude. We should go if back you're there. going to the Bucks game, hit us up. Let's meet up. Let's have some drinks. Yeah. Let's record some content. Let's do it all. So hell yeah. Actually, I think that would be a, like just a fun video to record. It's just us like with the fans there. And we'll just put that up on YouTube later. We don't have to live stream it. We'll just cut it together and put it up. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited, man. This can't come soon enough. With that said, thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. I know it's late on a Sunday night, but thank you so much. We appreciate your support. Um, Mike, I'm sure everybody already follows you. Let the faithful know where to find you. Yeah, guys, the Twitter handle is right here. It is MikeAndrews83. You guys can also follow the professional page. That is nothing but Niners, and we are on every platform that you listen to podcasts and watch videos, YouTube, iHeartRadio, StreamYard, uh, wherever. We are there. And don't forget the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash NB9ERS. Working with my guy up there, too. So I can't. I can't wait to bring you guys shows this week. We are about to turn up. So make sure you guys are there. All right. right. That that being said, thank you as always for joining us. We love having you here. I was able to pop in late. So glad that I was able to catch the show. Um, We're going to do a preview this week. We'll let you guys know when it is. We're going to keep bringing you all the content. Football's back, baby. With that being said, until next time. race fans justin bell here former racing champion and host of the new f1 podcast drive to win presented by win las vegas join me on the show each week as you'll be swept behind the scenes for an immersive look at the culture technology drama and glamour of formula one there's something for everyone whether you're new to the sport or a lifelong f1 fan so join us each week as we cover every twist and turn of the f1 season on the drive to win podcast That's Wynn, spelled W-Y-N-N, presented by Wynn Las Vegas. Available now on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.